Hey guys, this is MC from MC Anime Podcast. Today I have a really exciting topic to share. Therefore, here's the pleasantries. Before we do that, you can do podcast directories to find the podcasts like Google and Apple Podcasts. You can also use www.mcanimepodcast.com. That's M C A N I M E P O D C A S T.com. And Patreon is where you can also support us for bonus content, sponsorship, and more. So if you like the podcast, please support us there. Further ado, today's episode is going to be Japanese mythology and yokai explain. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about overall the setup of how the mythos of Japan work, specifically for yokai. Japanese mythos is a very big topic. There's so much discussed with the Shinto background and the deities. And you could spend probably an entire season on the deep content that it covers. I decided today to do yokai for the simple fact that yokai is a really interesting element of Japanese mythos. It brings a fresh new idea. There's also a lot of shows that incorporate yokai in the show itself. Now, yokai is basically demon, and well, kind of like demon in Japan. Uh, strange appar- apparition. It's a class of supernatural entities and spirits in Japanese folklore. So we have the word yokai is composed of the kanji for attractive calamity and apparition which is the mysterious or suspicious creature. Yokai are also referred as Anuyashi or Mononoke or Manamomo. Despite being translated as such, Yokai are not literally demons in the Western sense of the word, fallen set spirits and entities. Their behavior can range from malevolent or mischievous to benevolent to human. So that statement right there basically says Yokai is not necessarily the, def- the translation of demon, but uh, like a spirit or apparition that is around. Just like you have wood force spirits, yokai is as such another spirit to interact with. Some mischievous, some malevolent, benevolent. So it all depends on the human interaction. Some like to make jokes, some are really nice, some just stay away. All depends on the characteristics of the yokai and what they do. So, yokai often have animal features such as, like, the kappa, for example. It's like between a lion and a turtle. We also have, uh, you know, the tengu, which is depicted with wings. But they also appear humanoid in appearance, such as the uh, kunisik una. Some yokai resemble animate objects, such as the Tsuyami. We also have others who have no distinguishable shape. Yokai are typically described as having spiritual or supernatural abilities, with shape shifting being the most common trait with them. Yokai that shapes are known as Bakimono or Oibake. So they can be a shapeshifter, transform into someone else, some object. They can camouflage in surrounding area in the shape-shifting lore. So that's interesting. 
So, the Japanese folklorists and historians explain yokai as personification of supernatural or cannibal phenomena to their informants. In the Edo period, many artists such as um, Seiken invited, invented new yokai by taking inspiration from folk tales or probably from their own imagination. Today, several such yokai, such as the Amakuri, mistakenly thought to originate in most traditional folklore. So, some of the traditional folklore and new yokai do not apply because it was made up by artists of inspiration from folklore. So that can cause a lot of confusion on which yokai is originating in the traditional sense versus someone making it up. But it's also during the Edo period too. So these are also old, but the original yokai are even older, so it's really hard to distinguish between the two. So the concept of yokai, the causes of phenomena related to various greatly through Japanese culture and historical periods. So typically the older the time period seemed the higher the number of deemed to be supernatural and the result of yokai. According to the Japanese ideas of animism, spirit-like entities to reside in all things, natural phenomena and objects, such spirits possess emotions, personalities, peaceful spirits were known as Nigi Meitama, who brought good fortune, violent spirits known as Ewa Mama, Imama Mitama, be ill fortune such as illness and natural disasters. Neither type of spirit was considered to be yokai, but these are more other spirits other than yokai descent. One's ancestors, and particularly respected departed elders, could also be deemed as Nigimidi, occurring status as protective spirits who brought fortune to those who worshipped them. Animals and objects and natural features or phenomena were as Nigi Maitama or as Ewa Maitama depending on the area. Despite the existence of harmless spirits, rituals were covered converting Eremia into Nigi Maitama were performed, aiming to twelve malevolent spirits prevent misfortune and evade the fear arising phenomena and the events had no explanation. The ritual for converting was known as Chikan, the calming of the spirits of Rekumen, or for the Eremira Tama that failed to achieve divification as benevolent spirits, whether through a lack of sufficient divination or through thus divinity become yokai. So over time, phenomena and events thought to be supernatural became fewer and fewer, with depictions of yokai in picture scrolls. Paintings begin to stand lines evolving into characters, fearsome spiritual entities. Elements of the tales and legends surrounding yokai begin to depict public entertainment as the early and middle ages. During the fall of the Edo period, the mythology and lore of yokai became more defined and formalized. Then we get into the different types of yokai. We have the focus Emma, who studied the literature and paintings, yokai and hinge, divided into categories. So we have yokai's traits on the true form, human, animal, plant, object, and natural phenomena. Then you also have categories depending on the source of mutation, mutation related to the world, 
spiritual and mentally related mutation, reincarnation or afterworld related mutation, material related mutation, and then external appearance like human, animal, plant, artifact, structural building, natural object phenomenon, uh, miscellaneous or appearance, compounding more than one category. And other folklore calculations, yokai are classified simply as myths of Greek mythology by their location of the phenomenon with the manifestation. Yokai are indexed in the book of Japanese folklore as follows. We have Yokai no Kei, which is the mountains. Maiki no Kei is the paths. Ki no Kei is trees. Mizu no Kei is water. Umi no Kei is the sea. Yuki no Kei is the snow. Yoto no Kei is the sound. And then Dabatsu no Kei is animals, real or imaginary. So it's kind of interesting seeing how yokai play out in the stream of things. Because yokai is such a pivotal cultural shift in Japan that it actually represents a bigger understanding into how the, the culture operates and the history associated with it. We had the different categories, we had the different types, different publications at the time, prolonging the yokai experience and actually providing more structure to the belief system and to the folklore itself. So that's lots happening. They're doing stuff, they're being, you know, how they are, yokai. And one thing to take into consideration of yokai doesn't matter what type of yokai they are, they usually resemble myth and legend or you know, local tradition in the area. And there are means to explain the unexpected. And this is a, also another type of traditional explanation of supernatural by giving it a meaning. If enough people say something exists, then it becomes concept and reality to those who believe that's what yokai is based off and japan having an entire system identifying yokai and different types of spirits really plays a strong role in how you know shintoism and explanations of the intervention and causes for life can really just be defined through us classifying what we don't know and classifying it beyond ourselves. That's pretty important to take from this. And it's really interesting in the scene that yokai is not necessarily simply a phenomenon, you know, just anything. It's an entire dedicated structure to the belief that these spirits are around us and they exist within our existence. We exist as they exist. And that really awareness of around you gives people a sense of knowledge. They feel like they know what's going around them. They feel like the unexplained is now explained for them. That's a, it, it creates normalcy when you do it as well. It's really interesting how culture, tradition, explanation, or the intervention all come together into this melting pot of the cauldron being mixed, the homebrew, and actually giving life 
to something other than ourselves and depict them in human-like quality or personification or a manifestation for a cause of being. We like to manifest what is not there, but actually become reality in itself. So this is where that idea comes from. We want to manifest something to give it meaning. And as such, we give life more meaning by classifying what is around us and what we think we see. Yokaius wants us an example of that awareness. You know, we also have some brief history a little bit with it. So, ancient history of the yokai. We have uh, Choko Nihami. There's the statement that uh, Shinto personification is performed because yokai appear very often in the imperial court. Using the word yokai do not refer to any one phenomenon in particular, but to strange phenomena in general. Middle of the Heian period, which is uh, 794 to 1185 1192. The Pillow Book by Sai Shogagan. There's a statement that says, Tenacious Mononoke, as well as a statement by Maraki Shikbu, the, mo- the Mononoke have become quite dreadful. The first word and appearance of Mononoke. 1370, the uh, Taiheiki, the fifth volume, Sami no Yidu was not at all frightened by Yokai. We also have like uh, which is also from Nike Raichi. So we have different uh, tales and depictions in the media of it being written down. The ancient times of appearance abundant in literature and folk tales mentioning and explaining Yotai. Literature such as the Kojiji, the Nihon Shoki, and the various Fudoki exhibit legends from the pa- ancient past, mention of Ami, Rochi, other kinds of mysterious phenomena we've already seen, Hidon period, collections of stories about yokai, other supernatural, published in multiple volumes, publications such as the Nihon, Mayuki, and the Konjaku Monotaichi. These publications mention phenomena such as the Hayoku Yayoyo, Seen the yokai that appeared in the literature were passed to be later generations. However, despite that literature mentioning and explaining yokai, they were never giving any visual depictions. In Buddhist paintings such as the Hell Scroll Narnawa Museum, which came from the later Hedon period, visual explanations of the idea of Ami, but actual visual depictions only come in the, the later Middle Ages, from the Kanhoa period and beyond. The Yaha no, no Rochi was originally a local god but turned into a yokai who was slain by Silvano. Yasaboro was originally abandoned to a visual spirit on a rhino, turned into a poisonous snake upon death, played the water in Patty, but eventually became defined as the wisdom god of well. The Kappa and Inugami were sometimes treated as gods in one area and yokai in another area. From these examples, it can be seen that among Japanese gods, there are some beings that can go from god to yokai and vice versa. So the post-classical history is medieval Japan time period where publications and other visual 
depictions of yokai started to appear. There were lynches from Jisei uh, Inji, others from the Otocho Genzo Shi were introduced for more entertainment. Started a trend where yokai became more and more seen as subjects of entertainment. For example, tales of yokai extermination could be said as a result of the son's superior status of human society over yokai. So that is some uh, depiction of yokai. Then we also have like all these different publications popularizing the idea of what yokai is. So the documentation of yokai is interesting because people put their own spin on it and people believe certain standards of the time. So the publication, people lying about it, depicting these spirits, maybe gods or yokai or change, you know, from time to time. It's really how they spin it, their narrative, their perspective in a situation. Now I'm going to take a little break from the history of yokai. Um, what I'm going to discuss is now some specific kinds of yokai that I want to talk about. The kinds that I want to talk about is the kisume, the ami, the tengu, the tsurami, the yukai oma, and others. So the kitsu is kind of interesting. The simple fact that it is a fox spirit. This is interesting because usually the Kisame is like the idea of fox. We have all these different, um, it being in different laws. So it's really interesting seeing how Kisame plays into it. So, what we have is a rather shy, uh, spirit of Tochi who picks using her time in buckets. She's often seen in dark places as well, caves or, you know, wells. Uh, so the Kisame of foxes possess paranormal abilities that increase as they get older and wiser. According to yokai and folklore, all foxes have the ability to shapeshift into human form. Some folktales speak of Kisame employing the ability to trick others as foxes and folklore often do. Other stories portray them as faithful guardians, friends, and lovers. Foxes and humans lived close together in ancient Japan. The companionship gave rise to legends about the creatures. Kisame had become closely accept, uh, associated with an Yari, a Shinto Kami or spirit, servants as messengers. This was to reinforce the fox's supernatural significance. The more tales the Kisame Kisame has, the more may as many as nine, the older, wiser, and more powerful. Because of the potential and power, the influence of who makes sacrifices to make them a deity. Conversely, foxes were seen as witch animals, especially during the Edo period, and were thought to be as goblins who not be trusted, similar to badgers and cats. So the origins, you know, the oldest relationship between Japanese people and the fox dates back to the Japan period. Necklace made by piercing the canine teeth and jaw on the fox. Neon Shoki comes back with seven oldest history books in Japan. Foxes appear for the first time as supernatural beings, perhaps the people of good omens and bad omens. Various legends about foxes with human personality were first described in Nihon Ryoki, which was compiled around 822. A man from 
male providence and the Kisame having a female personality get married, have a child, and the Kisame at the wife is described as a person who has a deep resistance against dogs. The sins are depicted as doing evil things or taking advantage of the power. So we have a lot of folk tales from like a fox called uh, China, which is the Heiji Jin. They may have been up to the nine tails. These foxes were adopted to Japanese culture as Cubinos Kisame. Many of the earliest surviving are the Konjoku Kajaku Monetary Gorusu, which is the 11th century collection of Japanese, Chinese, and Indian uh, literary narratives. And we also have like smile notes that the idea of the foxes, the doctress, and the connection of the fox myths and Buddhism. In Japanese folklore, the Chinese stories, but she told that some contain elements unique to Japan. Kisame is interesting because. You know, foxes are mysterious. They really just made to their own destination. They do their own thing. Turn on you in a moment's notice and also be very loyal at times as well. It all depends on what they want. The keys made are really interesting. You'll cut to be considered. Another one is the Omni. The Omni is interesting. Because they take roots in Japanese lore and actually apply it as a, like a kind of demon. They're really profound, very popular. Kind of yokai demon or ogre or troll in Japanese folklore. Only are mostly known for their fierce and evil nature, manifested in their, for their murder and cannibalism, notwithstanding their evil reputation. Omni possesses intriguingly complex acts that cannot be brushed away as simply as evil. They're typically is portrayed as hawking figures with one or more horns going out of their heads. They are typically considered as red, blue, black, yellow, or white, wearing loincloths or tiger pelt, and carrying an iron kabato club. The creature instills fear and danger. They go test outward appearance to the wild and strange behaviors, dangerous powers. Very popular in Japanese art, theater, and literature. Stock villains in the well known fairy tales is like Monotaro, Peach Boy, Ishune Bachi, and uh, Kabutori Jisan. Although only have been described as frightening creatures, they become tamer in modern culture as people tell less frightening stories about the Omni Mask and the Red Omni Who Cry. Situ uh, Dojo has been regarded as the most famous and strongest, strongest onai in Japan. The legend of Shoten Jojo has been described since the 14th century in various arts, traditional performing arts, literature as the Ibimano, Jojoi, Nao, and Kabuku, the Tachi, uh, Japanese longsword, Dojui. Is the, the Minamoto no Yuimitsu, which is the decapitated Shoujin Jojo in the legend, is now designed as a national treasure when the taking Goku, the five greatest swords under heaven. So it's kind of interesting seeing how they take in lore. 
Now Origins is uh, the old etiology for Onai's the word from the uh, Oniyani greeting a character. Hide or conceal have the tendency of being hiding behind things that wish to appear. Which reveals that the Ami at the time had a different meaning as a soul spirit of the dead. They also have the Demon Gate depiction. Taoism and eccentric Yado, the ways of Yang and Yang, Northeastern directions, Temple to Kimon, Demon Gate, unlikely direction which evil spirits pass based on the sign of the Twelve Zodiac. The current direction the king was also known as the Ox Tiger. The temples were often faced building that directions, for example, it's deliberately built on Lord Heiji, which was the in the Himan direction from Kaito in order to gain a lot of power. However, skeptics about this could have been the initial design. So the traditional culture is being thrown to drive out. Omni is practiced in the Sapphire Festival in February. People cast roasting soybeans out of their homes. Omni no wa sota, fuku wa yuichi. Omni go out, lessons come in by a strong wrestler. So, basically, to sum it down, Omni can be demons, they can be misunderstanding creatures, as like trolls or ogres, and they're like, there's also a brute force, so they fight in numbers. And just like any orc, troll, or anything like that, they're misunderstood. So often they get the evil role because they're very easily portrayed as the villain in some aspects. It's an easy mechanism in storytelling to put them as the villain. So Ami have that role in Yokai, which I really like. Another Yokai that's worth mentioning is the Tango. Tango is kind of interesting because. It's like a hybrid of different animals. It's a legendary creature in folk religion. Uh, they're considered a type of yokai, supernatural beings, or uh, Shinto kami, which is gods. The kango were originally thought to take the forms of birds, prey, and a monkey deity. Tradition depicted with human, monkey, and avian characteristics. We also have the uh, Soro Tahiko Akami. This is the original model of the Karaha Tengu, a supernatural creature with a red face and a long nose, which today is widely considered the Tengu's defining characteristic. He is the Shinto monkey deity who is said to shed light on heaven and earth. Some aspects theorize that the Sao Atakihu was a sun god worshipped in the ice region prior to the popularization of the Amarasu. Buddhism long held that Tango were the disruptive demons and heartbringers of war. Their image gradually softened, however, into one of the protective and even manifestations of Buddhist deities. It's still dangerous spirits of the mountains and forests. Tango are associated with the aesthetic practice of Shugudo, and they're usually depicted on the grab of the followers, the Amabushi. So the Im, you know, the image classic is, you know, Tang is very shapes, usually falls somewhere between a large monstrous bird and a holy improvised being, often with a red face or usually large or long nose, like 
kite-like beings who can take human-like forms, often take avian wing heads or beaks. Long nose seem to have been conceived in the 14th century as humanization of the original bullet skull. And we have different, a similar nose measuring seven spans in length. The virtuous first spools do things so often part with identical red chronic nose nose mask, such as the some of the earliest representations of Tengu is the Tenju Archi Ibaki, which is parodies of the high ranking priests by embowing them with hawk like beaks of Tengu demons. Tengu is like maybe Tengu priests. Tengu came to be associated in the particular Yamabaji, the mountain aesthetics who practice Shugudo, where Tengu are mostly depicted in the Abashi unique costume, which includes a distinct headwear called the Kojin and a pom-pom sash due to their priestly aesthetic. They're often shown wielding the Kalabara, a distinct staff used by Buddhist monks. Magical feather, the elves will shrink a person's nose, but usually they have two stub weak men's, such as type tail, tooth with gitter or sandal. So Tango is really interesting for a number of features. Avian-like appearance, the human-like appearance, the monkey aesthetic, the red face, the long nose. So they really have, you know, also like a holy image as well. They're like priests or like a Tango are often knowledge seekers. You know, protect the knowledge or act as a guide in some aspects. They can inform you of danger. They can be overall, you know, protectors as well. You know, they warn you of evil. Hear no evil. Hear no evil. You know, stuff like that. So it really encapasses what the characteristic of Tango is. The more like human, but still a yokai spirit, and sometimes a kami, which is a god. So they have benevolence in the fact that they serve as an informant for other humans. We also have the the uh, Tusami Kumigami, which is kind of interesting. This is the I think the these are usually with tools or spirit. They have acquired a common of spirit, according to image of the Tales of the Icy, uh, titled Icy Mongoli Show. This is a theory originated from the uh, Yoko that foxes in Tuyuku, among other beings, have lived for at least 100 years and changed forms are considered as Tuskumogomi. In modern times, the term can be written as uh, Nine Kami to identify the ageness. According to Kasu, Kamasu, yeah, Kamasu, Kasuyuki, the idea of uh, Tusi, Komiyami, or Yoko of Tools is spread mostly in the Middle Ages. The Kamasu infers that despite the depictions of Bakumasu period and the UEI art voice of the idea that the art producing the era cut off from actual belief in the idea of Tsukumomi. Because the term has been applied to different concepts in folklore, these remain confused as to what the actual term actually means. Today, the term is generally understood to be applied as 
mostly any object that has reached its hundredth birthday and thus become alive and self-aware, though this distinction is not without controversy. Brief history is the word thus pronounced as Tsukumiogami, appears in a variety of poem in the 9th century, the titles of Eyes, Tsuyoko, an unknown meaning in Kami meaning hair. In the poem, it referred to old woman's white hair as Tsuyoko, has been interpreted as meaning old, often metaphorically as the 99 years. The element Kami hair is a homophone of the Kami spirit, both pronounced Gami in compound words. Thus, the words Tsukamu Gami has become a nine. The nine-year spirit. The kanji representation is that you know the tempo period, the Atogishi and Iko Rondo, called the Tsukami uh, Gami Ibaki. According to the Ibaki, totally after the passage of hundred years, develop a spirit Kami to change and become a Tsukami. This Ibaki has a caption stand of the word Tsunoko. Could also be returned to kanji meaning 99 years. The word Tsunogami is not attested at the surviving literature of the time, and so historical usage has been handed down down the detail. The Tsunogami Ibaki describes how an object would become occupied by a spirit after 100 years, so people would throw out old objects before they become 100 years old, which were called the Tsusahara. By doing this, they prevent objects from becoming a Tsuyami, but according to the captions of the Ibaki, a year from 100, in other words, objects that are Tsunoko, 199 years old, become angered and become a yokai by some means other than the, the mere passage of time and then cause a ruckus. The idea of becoming a yokai at 100 or 99 year does not need to be taken literally. These numbers can represent the idea that humans, plants, animals, and even tools will acquire a spiritual nature. Once it becomes significantly old, they must gain the power to change themselves. So, the Tsunami Gami is interesting because it's the tool that comes to life. And this tool is giving life after a certain period of time. Tsunami is 99, Gami is old, so it's really just, you know, old tool. It's like the personification that an object has a being, the object gets the possession of a spirit that occupies such object. After the object is super old, it gets the curse mentality, the or possessed in some way. So that's what that uh, takes upon. Object given manifestation of quality of just it being old. Tales of a cursed sword that's any weirdo who had bad luck, you know, stuff like that also can be considered Tsunami Gami. So it's kind of interesting seeing how that uh, works out. The last one that I'm going to talk about is the Yuki Ama. Yuki Ama is interesting, I think, because they are often like a snow creature. They're the pick in winter theme. Mountain scene. They are a snow woman, a spirit in yokai Japanese folklore. She also may be go by such as uh, 
Yuki Usami, the Snow Daughter, the Yuki Ogo, which is a Snow Girl. Also, we have uh, Yuki Ojo, which is a Snow Woman. Yuki Ames, which is Snow Sis. And Yuki Aba, Snow Granny or Snow Nanny. Also, we have Yuki Imbi, the Snow Hag. And we also have the Yuki Fui Ba, which is the Snowfall Hag. They're called several names that are related to icicles such as the Tusiyama Ama, the Kenkoi Usimi, and the Shikama Naibo. So, the different origins. Yuki Ama originates from folklore of olden times in the Muamachi period, the Shoujo Shujoko Monotagari by the Regi poet Shoujo. There's a statement on how a, he saw a snow Yuki Ama when he was dating in the Echo Prevalence, now Nikitami Prefecture, indicated the legend already existed in the Morimachi period. So the stories that the legends of the Ama region, the Narigami Prefecture, a beautiful woman came to visit a man, become his wife, from the woman's own desire. This woman was reluctant to go into the bath, and she was made to go in anyway as she disappeared, leaving only a thin fragment of floating icicles, which is also the Tusa Ama. In the Amadoi and Yogata prefectures, Shimigami Ama, in the Kamen Omiyama region of Yamamata, the Yuki Ama come to visit an old couple on a snowy night to warm herself by the Eri. When at late at night the Yuyami would go out on a journey, the old man would attempt to take her hand to stop her when he noticed that she was truly cold. Before his eyes the girl turned into a wall of snow that exited the house through the chimney. Also has some points of similarity with the Kari Kucho on the night of a blizzard Yukiyama would be standing there, hugging a child, Yukiinko, they would ask people passing by to hug the child as well. When one hugged the child, the child would become heavier and heavier until one become covered with snow and froze to death. It's also been told that in one, if one refuses, one would be shoved away into a snowy valley. Basically, if you saw Yukiyama in any shape or form, be aware, it's just like a siren taking you to your death. The siren will sing a song. Sailors will often go to the drowning to look for the song. Yukiyama is trying to trap you. It's also a mysterious being that wants, you know, to be acknowledged, but also not forced to do something. So that's also why it feels like it has to trap unexpected guests. It traps them just like how she was originally trapped by another man. So it's like really distrustful of men and who they are and takes advantage of human curiosity, human willingness to help, um, overall appealing to our humanity, but also trapping us when we are vulnerable. That is the basis of the Yukiyama. And the winter theme and the snow theme also applies when get lost into a winter storm you don't know where you're going and 
Yukiyama is a tale in which you don't leave the storm. You freeze and the cold got to you mentality. So maybe Yukiyama was an explanation of the simple fact that a blizzard would happen, a snowstorm would happen, people get lost, and they eventually freeze. Yukiyama could be an explanation of trapping men in the snowstorm at the time they didn't have anything to base it off. They wouldn't believe, oh, I just got lost and froze. They wouldn't ha have an explanation and give it clarity. So it's kind of interesting how yokai are resembled in the media. You know, modern anime, such as like uh, Nagami or the Shonen Night My Boss, typically have like different yokai depiction. You know, even One Piece has the uh, Tango, the uh, Samurai Master. So it really goes to show you that yokai actually interesting because yokai actually has a lot of masks people wear the different masks at the different festivals and celebrate the, the high culture that yokai plays yokai is really unique to japan and yes there's just different explanations of who they came to be how they came to be but the standardized use of yokai can be simply as defined as representation of phenomenon that is a supernatural that is a broad description into explaining what is happening. They perceive a, a narrative, they believe it, and then for that narrative is speculated to many people of different literature, publishing, paintings, uh, wise tales, all shared by written record, local stories, and overall overlapping themes of human telephone. So, Equal Talent, We Talent puts a new version on it, and then that's how the legend becomes a legend. So, if you like this particular episode and want more of this content, I highly suggest going to the Patreon. You can give a vote to have a say in what the content we have. Please give a like and subscription as well. You can find us when you get a podcast near you. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Radio. You can also find us on www.mcanimepodcasty.com, mcanimepodcast.com. In the Patreon community, we had different tiers, different support, so please go there and blog into the anime. We appreciate your time. I thank you guys for being here, listening, overall, hear me talking about Japanese mythology and yokai explained. Hope this has given you clarity on some, you know, yokai in general. Not a deep breakdown of yokai, but like a general means to know what yokai is. So I hope that helps. Bye, guys.